Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Guests that are um, here this morning, if we have any guests, let's give them a hand this morning. We don't want to embarrass you by making you stand, but you know who you are. If you didn't get a bag, we have a bag for you before you leave this morning. We're always thankful that you chose to come worship with us. Um, I want to just announce that this is what we're about this morning. If you are a guest, if you're watching online, uh, our vision is to plant churches. And this is the last couple out of four that we've been sending out in the last few months. And I thought praying this morning, how amazing it is that, that in five different cities this morning, the gospel's being preached where it wasn't being preached six months ago. Isn't that exciting this morning, church? Amen. And that has to do with our faithfulness as a church our giving, our outreaching, our loving, our celebrating these couples that have made a stand to say, you know what, I'll go. And it's a big, big thing to say that, amen, to say I'll go. And this couple has been a tremendous blessing. It's always easier than an 11 o'clock service emotionally. The 9 o'clock is always more emotional. We see that video and you think about it, I'm a, I'm a little more composed this service, Amen. And uh, I'm just so thankful for what the Lord has done. This, this couple is such a great picture of what the gospel is about. Taking someone who's, and we, we quote that verse all the time about coming out of darkness into light. This is a couple who, were, 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 when they found Jesus, they were in that place of darkness. They're not bad people. They just were in a place of darkness. And, God, and the devil had them, but God rescued them. Amen. And has turned this couple into such a powerful couple for the Lord. And they're going to do such amazing things in Fort Worth. And uh, we're so excited about the future. You know, it's it, and back in the day, before they got saved, their house was the place to be on a weekend if you wanted to party. That's what I've been told. I've heard that from the grapevine. And uh, this is a couple who's just tr totally transformed their life. Pastor Nestor is a man who used to push drugs in this city, and now they're pushing Jesus. Amen. It's still a place to be on the weekend, but it's to celebrate the Lord and what God has done in their lives. And we're just so proud of them and so excited to see what the future holds. And uh, he preached a great message in the first service. It's going to challenge you. It challenged me, spoke to me. And uh, they'll be going next Sunday. Reality is going to hit for them. Amen. They're going to be in Fort Worth and a hotel, and they're not going to have these applauses. Amen. Or maybe you will. Praise the Lord. That would be awesome. But it'll be starting over, starting from scratch. But this couple's brought a lot of people into this church. And, and how many know whatever you, whatever you sow, you will reap? And so all the sowing that, and I want to just, I didn't say that in the first service, but I believe that for you as a couple, the, the, the sowing that you've done in this church, you'll reap it. You'll reap it in Fort Worth. Souls are going to come in because that's how the kingdom of God works. Amen. So let's give G, uh, Jesus a big hand as Pastor Nestor comes and let him know you love him this morning to preach his last service before they go out to start a church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen, amen. Let's give God the praise and the glory. Because if it wasn't for him, I would not be here. Get my stuff ready. Let's 
So first things first, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for his mercy, for his grace, for his love, for his patience, because I don't know if any, I don't know if many of y'all don't know me or my past. I was a knucklehead, and I didn't like to take orders, but I thank God for being so patient with me and, and so merciful. I thank you, Lord. Second, I want to thank my wonderful pastor and Miss Carla for all they, that they have done for me and my family, my wife, for pouring onto us, for, for being there since the beginning, just all that you have done. And, and I know I've probably, I didn't really reach out as much as I should have to you, Pastor, as others. And people may think that we don't have nothing in common because Pastor plays basketball and I'm a smart man, I don't like to get dunk on. <laughs> and another thing, I'm not tall enough, so I ain't trying to have people hit me with their knees, you know. But we do have something in common, and I'm a treasure, and I'm I'm always keep this in my heart, a big piece of my heart. Pastor's a hardworking man with a vision, and the times that we put in the sanctuary to to build and work on it, everybody, if you know me, I'm, I love to work. I'm a working man, I love it. And that's one thing that I do have in common, and I want to tell you, Pastor, that every sermon that you that you spoke, every every discipleship, I, I've received it, I've learned from it. But one thing that I've I've learned is I've caught it, I've caught it, and that's one of the main things that we would love for everybody to understand. So, one thing we should keep in mind is that. This walk has no graduation till we clock out of this world. And we need a daily deliverance in our walks with God. And that's my title for the day, a daily deliverance. The biblical meaning of deliverance is liberation, freeing, rescue, salvation. And like I said, I'm a smart man. I hear these words and I, I need this in my life. I need liberation sometimes, freeing. I need rescue from the Lord, and I, I definitely need his salvation. And I know we can all agree in this place. And the Bible has so many examples of deliverance. And, and he has examples of healing deliverances where he, he heals them and delivers them from being paralyzed. And he, 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 he brings the miracle and makes them walk. He delivers them from not seeing and being able to see, of casting out demons. But today I want to focus on a, on, on a, difference, a different deliverance, which to me I think is the most important. The deliverance of a change of heart. The deliverance of a change of heart. And the reason is that I say this is because in the Bible we can see that Jesus went and, the, and healed 10 lepers. And out of those 10, only one came back and gave them thanks and praise. And if we really think about it, at one point we cried out to God in our life. And, I, and me, I can give you details of my life. I've cried out to God, Lord, deliver me. Lord, help me. I just got pulled over. My car smells like marijuana. I have marijuana in there. 
um, other stuff that I know that could make me face time. And Lord delivered me, and he always came through. He heard my cry. He, he delivered me. I, I was able to leave without getting arrested and going to jail. But what did I do? I did exactly what the nine lepers did. I turned around and left, never came back. And I'm going to give you a te my testimony that I've hardly ever shared. I shared my testimony of deliverance from my drug abuse and drug addiction. But my testimony is before I came to God, I used to like the party life and be selling drugs. And my life was mainly come home, be with the kids. My wife get off of work. I go leave, go move drugs and wouldn't come back till three in the morning. And that was my life for years. And I started knowing, noticing that it was getting worse because it'll get to the point where I'll be awake from Thursday to Monday. And I'll be on drugs that keep you up and, and drunk. And then I'll be selling drugs. But the one thing that caught my eye through that time, and I knew God was trying to reach me before I hit a rock bottom, was that I will pass by the church, a church on Sundays, and I'll be wide awake, doped up. And I'll see different people coming out of that church, different races, white people, black people, Hispanic people. And I got attracted to it. There was something pulling me to it. And I never knew what it was until one day I actually hit rock bottom because I wasn't being a good father. I wasn't being a good husband. And I got suicidal. And I reached out to one of my friends, which is Pastor Wayne's brother, Casey. And I knew, I know him because we went to school together, and he's a knucklehead just like, like I was. And I was like, man, he's going to church. It, some, something's happening with him because he's posting things, and I've never seen him like this. So I reached out to him. He gave me the address, and next thing I know, the address is the place that was calling me, that I was attractive on Sunday, VWO, Victory World Outreach. And it was amazing. It was amazing. So I got to a place where I needed God, and I needed him to pull me out of the darkness that I was. And I want to get back into this message and give you all more of my testimony as I go. So the nine, the nine lepers that left had a, had a heart issue. But today I want us to focus on the deliverance of a change of heart in a person of you individually. Because we all know who we are, but God knows exactly who we are, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. So if we can go to Jeremiah, and this is the importance of why we need a deliverance in our heart. If we can go to Jeremiah 17.9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And in this verse, I, I read this and I take it so personal. He says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. He didn't say the most deceitful of the body. He said of all things. And we know who's, say, who's, who's telling us this. 
We, we know that God is telling us this, the creator of heaven and earth. If he's saying it's the most deceitful of all things, he mean, that's what he means. Desperately wicked. And I look at the, the, the next thing he says, who really knows how bad it is? When I read these things, I like to picture myself with God and being in his presence. And if he was to look at me and ask me, do you understand how wicked your heart is? I'd probably tell him, no, nah, I mean, I don't think it's that bad because I haven't killed nobody. But the last time I remember stealing a bubble gum and killing somebody will lead you to the same place if you have no repentance. In verse 10, but I, the Lord, search all hearts. What hearts? The sinners? The wicked? Now nah, he says all hearts. And examine secret motives. And we all been in that place. I, I'm, I'm guilty and I know that I've had secret motives in my past. And sometimes in situations, I, it tries to come back. But I have to learn to overcome by a deliverance of a change of heart. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. And we got to take that real personal because this is the word of God. He's saying he gives their reward due to uh, due and according to their actions they deserve. And that's scary because if I think about myself in the past, I deserve so much. But I, I'm so thankful for what he did for me. So today I want us to understand that we have to give God and let him put us on the surgical bed to do surgery in our heart because we desperately need it. How? By the deliverance of, uh, by a daily deliverance. 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourself to see if you, you, if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you if you are, if you, if you have failed the test of genuine faith. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. So we are being tested from what this says. We have to examine ourselves because we go through trials, we go through problems, and every situation is a test. It's like being in school and learning, you, you learn and you go through a test, and it depends on what you apply to, to overcome the test. So I want to explain the problem. We I, I know we, some of us remember a few sermons back, Pastor talked about when we go on and buy something and we're going to build it, and it requires an instruction book, and usually we don't we as men don't don't use that. And we always have leftover pieces and parts and screws. I want us to look at our life in that same manner. Because from the moment of birth, we are taught we are taught to follow instructions. As a baby, as a child, 
as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult, and as we're living now. Not understanding that if the ones that God appointed to lead us didn't lead us according to the word of God, we're going to have missing pieces in our life. And that's going to keep us from becoming the masterpiece that God has created us to be. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do, all, do the good things he planned for us a long time ago, a long ago. So we understand that he planned for us to do good things long ago, but we were, we were taught, we were raised to follow instructions in a way that may not have been God's word. You may have grown and been in church, but didn't see the obedience of God's word in your family, and it misled you and, and, and became a stumbling block in your life. Or you may be not like me. I was not raised at church. All I, all I was taught was God is watching. Watch out what you're doing. So with that being said, we're missing the big picture and the major instruction. The acronym for Bible, we understand that it's basic instructions before leaving earth. And I definitely need instructions in my life. So I have a question. Have you ever built something and have leftover parts and just left it as is? Or did you have the mindset of, I'm going to fit it where it get in? We call that rigging. I've done that before, and I know better. I should not do that. I should just do the right thing. Or like Pastor Mario mentioned a few back in his sermons about receiving a car from his dad, and he had to build it, and he had to build it several times because he had leftover bolts. And the last time before his dad got there, he tossed them out. <laughs> and sometimes we can come in life and do the same thing with our life and expect that when we come to Christ, we're just going to put the, the missing pieces together, forgetting that we have to start over. And how do we do that? What's the proper way of doing that? Ephesians 4, 23. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. We have to let our spirits renew our thoughts and attitudes. And, and, and I can give you an, an example in, in, a, in a testimony. Through, through my life as I was learning these things. I remember going to to the store and I would, I would pray coming out of work on a Friday when I was gonna go catch my, catch, catch my check. And Lord, give me patience, Lord, help me. Lord, I need you to help me. And I remember one day I, I got to this place, to this convenience store where I cash my check all the time and I seen one of my enemies there, a guy that I used to have beef. That's what we called it, we called it then. I don't know what the new generation calls it now. I think it's clap <laughs> something. Um, I had I seen this guy, and this guy was somebody that me and 
my brother in Christ, which is my best friend Tito, we had issues with him. And when I got there, I allowed my flesh to try to overcome me after me praying. And I can see him, and I'm like, man, this dude, Lord, please don't allow him to get ignorant because I don't want to get like that. <laughs> so I get off the truck, and I'm on my way inside the door, and I'm passing by him, and he's just looking at me, mad-dogging me, and it's getting to me. And I'm like, eh. I walk in the store, and I forget that I left my check in the truck, so I have to come back out the store, pass by him, go to the truck, come back, and look at him, mad-dog me again. And I was the person that back then, that if you stared at me, I'd be like, what's up? Like, what? So I went to the truck, and I'm like, man, Lord, help me. And what's crazy was that I was, try, I was allowing the motives of my flesh to overcome, the motives of my wicked heart to overcome. And what's crazy was that when I walked back, he's staring at me, and he's like, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? And it's crazy that he starts a conversation with me that blows my mind. And he's like, oh, man, my grandma just died. My mom's not doing good, and I don't know what to do. And and it blew my mind because if I wouldn't understand what God was doing in me, I would have reacted different. And I wouldn't represent God the way I should be representing God. So I was able to talk to him. And I didn't really know much to tell him because I'm, I'm, this is a, a guy that tried to kill my friend, Tito. So I'm like, hey, man, well, I'm not in that business no more. I'm about something else. But hey, love your mom. You know, help your mom, and I'm going to keep you on prayer. And through that deliverance of a change of heart that God was doing to me, I'm able to go around town because I've I lived here since I was three. I'm able to go around town and see people that I had problems with and shake their hands. And shake their hands. And Another testimony, I had a friend that we used to hang out and we end up having problems. And I had unsettled business with me. And this is, this is four years being in ministry. And I remember one time we ran into him and, and we used to hang out with them, but we end up, you know, bumping heads and not getting along no more. And we had unsettled business. And I remember my wife one day on a Sunday tells me, that she invited his wife, and they're coming to church. And that morning, I didn't wake up and prayed. And as soon as she told me that driving up, I'm like, man, I hope they don't think we all cool and all that because <laughs> as soon as we get out of church, I'm going to tell them, hey, let's put on those gloves because I have unsettled business with him. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm okay. And the reason why God was doing this because I've learned to pray. When I pray, I ask God, reveal to me the things in my life that are not pleasing to you that I don't see. And I didn't see these things in my life and in my heart because I've been here in church keeping myself out of trouble. So when I'm going back into the places that I used to be, when I'm running into the people that I used to know, that's where my character tries to come back. But I thank God for the deliverance of my heart that he's doing the, the way he's molding me.
So, did we, did we go to Romans 8? Can we go to Romans 8? Sorry about that. So why? Romans 8, 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And this is why we have to have a deliverance in our heart because we cannot allow our, our sinful mind to control us and it leads to death. And in, in, my, in, in, my, in my verse it says, For the, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And we can see here how good and, and merciful and awesome God is because when we do something wrong, he says he makes it clear death and here he, we're seeing that he's giving us a double blessing life and peace and we can see that throughout the bible in Deuteronomy when it talks about generation curse and he says um choose life and blessings and don't choose curses and death and if you choose life and blessings you bless um thousands of generations in your family and if you choose death you you curse four generations after you. So we see how awesome God is. And sometimes it's like it, it doesn't click to me. Like I'm like, man, why is it, God, that you make it so simple, but we make it so hard? And that's because we have a wicked heart. And we need to, we need to have a deliverance over it. So Hebrews... 11.6, and it is impossible to please God without faith, and anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder to those who earnestly seek him. Amen. Matthew 18.3, then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And this is amazing because this, this takes us back to the basics like Pastor Dwayne will preach. We have to come in here with an open mind and, and ready to receive everything that God has to do. Because I know y'all see me times here in the altar and I probably shed a tear and I try to fight it. And it's not because I'm soft, because I'm not. It's because the message is so personal. It hurts. It hurts. And when I know I'm in the wrong, it hurts me to have done that to God. So that's why sometimes you see me crying. I'm like, oh, Lord. Man, I know I get it. I get it. So with that being said, when I was talking about the guy that came and I had unsettled business, I remember he actually came for first service, no, second service. First service, I was good. Second service, he shows up. My flesh kicks in, and I'm like, man, God, why you got this dude in here? Like, I see everybody here as my family. And I'm like, man, why are you going to be part of family? Like, you know, my flesh. And I'm like, man. So I heard the service. First service was awesome. Second service was good, but I didn't receive nothing they had to do about him. And it's crazy how God speaks. He's so simple. 
the altar call comes, and they sang the song. The song has a, a, a verse where it talks about, for all things are from you and all things are to you. And that's all I had to hear. When he said that, he started speaking to me. Nestor, how do you expect for me to bring your mom, your dad, your brothers, your friends, if you don't allow me to bring the ones I love? And I'm like, whoo. I'm like, God, I get it. You're right. How is it that I want my mom to come, my brothers? You love us all. So that day, I had a major deliverance in my heart because I was able to shake his hand and go out to eat with him, talk about what I'm about, what, I don't, what I'm not trying to be about, and just let him know that if he's, if he's willing, I'm here, and if he's not, please don't be a stumbling block to me. And that was a major place in my life that, that I had deliverance in my heart. Another place in my life that I had a major deliverance in my heart was when I first got saved. And I I've, I've really haven't shared this with many people, but we first got saved with me and my wife were happy. We got baptized. We get home, and we're just so happy, joyful, and my past comes back. My past comes back. Next thing you know, we split up for three and a half years. No, three. I'm sorry about that. I'm wrong. Three and a half months, three months, four months, like three and a half years. Um, three and a half months and through that time that's where God met me because I wanted to do good I didn't want to live the lifestyle that I used to I mistreated my wife I didn't know better I, didn't, I, I, I knew better but I didn't know better through the word of God the instructions of God that he's real strict with being married and doing things out of your marriage so she, we kind of split up. I got so in a dark place. I ended up getting suicidal. I almost shot myself. And then the time that I almost pulled the trigger, I remember him speaking to me and saying, I got better things for you. And it's crazy because I, I still think about it. And I'm like, ah, who am I, Lord? I see myself up here and I'm like, who am I? He's so amazing. He's so amazing. And the reason why we got to have a childlike faith and think like a child is because having faith like a child requires putting aside your will. This way, your opinions and misconceptions do not get in the way of trusting Jesus wholeheartedly. And this is why we have to have a daily deliverance. And it starts with a genuine relationship, seeking God, because it's going to be hard for him to do a, a, an impact in your life if you're still thinking the same way. 
And it's going to be hard for you to impact people, your loved ones, family members, friends, and even the lost, if you're still in the same place. Isaiah 5, 55-8. My thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God makes it so simple that we need him more than we can even think. And it's, in, it's insanity to think that you can come into, you can give your life to God but still have the same mind frame. It's insanity. It's crazy to think that you can have the same mind frame and change your life. It's impossible. A daily deliverance starts in the morning, morning prayer, and seeking of the Lord, reading his love note, his love, his, his love note, the Bible, and prayers of deliverance they, that we can use in the morning is, Lord, deliver me from my enemies. Deliver me from the fiery darts that are planning against me to put me in a position where I dishonor you or it's not pleasing to you the way I react. Deliver me from this wicked heart, Father God, for you know me better than I know myself. Our character should always reflect our belief in Jesus every day because we understand that we're living in the last times and in any day now Jesus could crack the sky any day now any moment and the sad thing is to know that he's done that and you're not in good terms with him Philippians 4, 8 through 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Then the God of peace will be with you. Then the God of peace will be with you. I can tell you this. I have a peace in my life, a joy in my life, and I fight for it every day. Because I know if I allow myself and lose my guard, I know what it's done to me when I don't have that peace. And that peace doesn't just harm me. It harms my family. It harms my kids. It harms my wife. It harms my walk and my relationship with God. Because then shame falls upon me, and then I feel like I ain't worthy. I'm, I'm a hypocrite to come here and try to praise you, Lord. But God knows us. He knows we can't do it without him. Right. We got to understand each and every day that we have to 
seek God and, have, and, and seek to have a daily deliverance in our heart. And when you're dealing with situations and, and problems and going through storms, whatever the case is, I like to think back of those little braces, bracelets they used to sell at school when I was in, in school. The what would Jesus do? I'll put my, my mind on that. What would Jesus do? Man, how do I look at how how am I looking with your eyes, Lord? How do you see me right now? We have to always constantly remind ourselves that God is watching and he wants to do mighty and great things in us. But it all starts from our heart. I was talking to my brother David Tyru and he said he was telling me something and it was amazing. It, it blew my mind what he told me. He said that he was told before that people miss heaven by 18 inches because everything they get becomes a head knowledge and not in the heart. And that's why sometimes it's hard to see victory in our lives. And we got to overcome that through a deliverance, asking God to help us because we need it daily. Daily. So I, I don't know how much time I got. Do I got enough time? But um, so situations that we go through, we have to overcome them. In my life, I thank God for what he's doing and, and he's going to do. I'm ready for this, this move. I'm scared. And it's, I'm scared. I'm nervous. It feels like, like I had leg, leg day today because my legs are shaking so crazy. Y'all don't see them because my pants are a little baggy, but <laughs> I know I'm going to feel like that. But I'm going to rely on each and every one of y'all. Each and every one of y'all, because y'all all have a part of my testimony. Y'all all have a part of who, of why I am who I am. Y'all all have a part. Even from the ones that don't know me, you have a part. Because I want to share the goodness of God that he's placed in my life that you can have. So you can see the wonders that he's able to do through you. Because there's a reason why he said that you are his masterpiece. There's a reason why he said that you are his masterpiece. And sometimes we may not feel like it. Sometimes we may not um, think like it. But we have to believe it. We have to believe it. Because he's ready to impact the world. And he's ready to bring the harvest. And the best joy that you can have is seeing your family members, your friends, and your enemies here. I was so... I was so blessed this morning because I got to see my niece come and give her life to Christ. It's amazing. We thank you, Lord. If I can have every head bow and eyes closed. Colossians 4 5 says, Walk in the wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. We got to remember that we're running out of time. 
We got to make the best use of time. First Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you may be going through situations in life that seem impossible to overcome. You're tired of dealing with things in your own way of thinking because you see no changes in the circumstance. You must have a daily deliverance by seeking the Lord through prayer. Because we all fall short. And like I mentioned in the beginning, there's no graduation till we clock out. And that day, one day, will come. How many people in this place have never put their faith on Jesus? And if you breathe your last breath and have no peace of knowing where you will go spend eternity, If you're here and you feel this way and know that you're not in the right place, if you can raise your hand, I would love to pray for you. See your hand, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so merciful. He's patient, but we don't have time there's anyone else in this place now if you have put your faith in Jesus but somewhere in your walk you have fallen and now you're backsliding and feel like it's too late to come back I want to let you know that God is married to the backslider. And he doesn't take his ring off. So if you're in this place, I would love to pray for you if you can raise your hand. I see you, sister. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? We gotta remember that life is short. And we should not forget that this heartbeat is really a clock. And sooner or later it's gonna stop. And when that happens, it might be too late. Don't let that be you. There's so much joy in the presence of the Lord, especially how he teaches us to overcome in his way where we don't allow nothing to steal our joy. If we can all stand.
If you raise your hand, I would love to pray for you if you could come to the nearest aisle and come to the altar. Amen, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, brother. Love you. If you want to rededicate yourself because you've been backsliding, don't let this be your last moment. God is faithful. I would love for you to come to the nearest aisle so we can pray for you. In Jesus' name. Well, the Bible says that if you deny me in front of man, I will deny you in front of my father. That is scary. That is scary. I remember hearing those words because I came to church more than five, ten times, and I raised my hands all the time. I was so desperate, but at the same time, so scared. What are they going to say? They, how are they going to look at me? But we got to understand that God sees sin the same regardless of how it is. And, and he doesn't favorite men. He loves us all the same. And he wants us to make it home. So if y'all can... Pray with me. Pray for our brother here. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And the wages of my sin is death. So I know that I need a Savior. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. For I believe that you came into this world, lived the perfect life. And you gave your life on the cross that I could have life in you. And on the third day, you were risen, defeated death, the grave, paid the wages of my sin with your precious blood. I believe that, Lord. I confess that, Lord, with my mouth. Believe it in my heart. And I ask you to enter into my life and take control and direct my path and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.